everything can be better because nothing and no one is perfect ever. Everyone is just trying their best and everyone is falling short in some way. If you're a person who's heard the word no from a boss, an ex, a team that cut you, a job market that didn't want you, an accident or diagnosis that left you debilitated and depressed, or felt paralyzed by any setback that you just weren't willing to accept, this is the show for you. Because it'll teach you what my dad always taught me, that failure is just opportunity in disguise. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome back to 10,000 No's. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you here in America who celebrated yesterday. I knew I wanted to do a solo episode for the day after Thanksgiving because there have been so many great interviews and guests lately and so many more on the way. I figured I'd give you something a little shorter today to listen to on this Black Friday. For those of you around the world, Black Friday is what we in the U.S. call the day after Thanksgiving, which unofficially marks the start of the holiday shopping season. Although I just looked the term up and there are way too many explanations and arguments about its origin from it being originating in uh, Philadelphia to describe the heavy and disruptive pedestrian and vehicle traffic that would occur the day after Thanksgiving to others bringing it back to the 50s, saying it was because the volume of shoppers created traffic accidents and sometimes even violence to another explanation saying the first recorded use of the term Black Friday was applied to a financial crisis on September 24th, 1869, when two investors, Jay Gould and James Fisk, drove up the price of gold and caused a crash that day. Well, thank God I decided not to do the episode on Black Friday. I was actually pondering it as an option, but lots of differing opinions there. And honestly, I'm not sure how I was going to tie into the 10,000 no's theme. Then I got a job in Hawaii and I thought, hmm, I'll go to Pearl Harbor. I'll take a tour and I'll do a 10,000 thousand no's for the nation discussing how we were caught off guard at our naval base, totally ambushed and had to recover as a country. But what I'm actually going to talk about today is why giving thanks and having gratitude requires forgiveness. And here's how I got to that topic. So I ended up watching two films on the plane from L.A. to Hawaii. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, stars DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, and Black Mass with Johnny Depp. Somehow I missed that one when it came out. Anyway, I like them both, but the Tarantino flick really got me. Wasn't expecting it to. I just absolutely loved it. Then I get to the island and I'm in a movie craze because I don't see enough movies because I've got a wife and kids and I just don't see enough. So that night I order tickets, I call an Uber and I go about 15 minutes to see Joker in the theater. Bear with me. There's a point to all of this. And unfortunately, it turns out I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. Joaquin Phoenix, incredible performance. It's got a cool look and it's tons of really great things in it. I'm certainly not saying don't go see it, but somehow for me, at least, it kind of disappointed me. So the next morning I get up and I seek out a Catholic mass here in Honolulu. And, And I don't need to go into detail as to why I was seeking out a Catholic mass specifically, but all you need to know is that my relationship to my Catholic upbringing has been up and down and all around. And growing up, we were in church every Sunday, did the sacraments, fully believed all the way through high school. And then ironically, my freshman year at Boston College, I kind of stopped going regularly. And I say it's ironic because it's a Jesuit school. Anyway, 
there's a Catholic church around the corner from the hotel where they put me up. And just like the night before, when I really wanted to like Joker, I go to this church and I attempt to settle in, but pretty quickly, I'm kind of ready to leave. I'm thinking this place is boring. I mean, this is why I fell off. And then I said, no, no, I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to give it a shot. And you know what? It ended up surprising me in a really great way. The priest turned out to be awesome. I mean, they had picked these readings that I thought, why of all the stories that they could choose from the Bible, why did they pick these readings? They're not relevant. That's the problem. Give me something that's relevant. So I'm kind of frustrated, but the priest, he comes out and boom, he actually knocks the sermon out of the park. He does this whole thing on this woman, Mary, who's in the front row and how she can't move very well, but she doesn't let it slow her down and she never feels sorry for herself. And she's a reminder through her actions, not her words to others around her about how to live, how to fully live. I mean, it was great. The music wasn't incredible, but they had an acoustic guitar and I've definitely heard worse. And they did these blessings for some kids in a CCD program. And then toward the end, they do this really cool thing that I felt privileged to witness. It was the day before Veterans Day and the priest asks all the veterans to please stand up. And about, I'd say 15 people stand, mostly men, but not all men. And the priest says they're going to sing a Hawaiian blessing for them. And like I said, the music all morning wasn't incredible, but this Hawaiian blessing, I mean, the priest starts singing and the choir is harmonizing with him and it just sounded incredible. It was really moving. And then we all applauded the veterans before they sat down. But one of the things that occurred toward the end of the sermon before communion and these blessings was... The priest talked about how this particular parish, St. Augustine's, it was called, I think it's St. Augustine's by the sea, I'll put a link in the show notes, was a special parish because unlike the other parishes on the island, this one had a tiny base of regular parishioners. So they'd get a ton of tourists like me coming through, but they were having a hard time operating the church because their collections were relying on people that were only there for one Sunday, probably didn't feel obligated to give money or at least to give that much money. And in the past, I would have thought, yep, there it is. Great sermon. And all he's doing is leading up to the ask. He's going to ask for money. And it would have been a cynical view by me. But that Sunday, I don't know, it just hit me different. I thought, yeah, of course churches need to ask for money. I mean, if you showed up to a party somewhere, you wouldn't expect to be there for free. Maybe, you know, you could say, yeah, because you're paying for drinks or food or whatever. Yeah, sure. But you're also paying for the venue and the service and the food and drink at a church is spirituality. It's food for your soul in the best cases. They're basically, you know, they're doing all the legwork, gathering all the people, giving everyone a place to go, you know, electricity, all that air conditioning. So you don't have to think about it. So why wouldn't you throw some money down, right? And it actually made me think about this podcast because the priest was basically saying, yeah, there are plenty of things we'd like to do better here, but they require a bigger budget than we have. And that's how I always feel about this show. People suggest things to me, which I like when people suggest things. And I say, yeah, that's great. Do you have a wad of cash to accomplish that? Because that idea is going to take more time and more money and staff, And but it's great. Sure. Yeah. And I started thinking about the films I had seen the day before and plays I've seen and TV shows and films and plays that I've been a part of. And every one of them could have been better. 
even Sopranos. I mean, everything can be better because nothing and no one is perfect ever. Everyone is just trying their best and everyone is falling short in some way. And so at the same time, I had been thinking about what I wanted to tackle for this solo episode the day after Thanksgiving. And I thought, this is great for Thanksgiving. Basically, in order to have gratitude, you need to have forgiveness because it's forgiveness of the imperfections, forgiveness of the fact that things are not exactly as you want them to be. And then gratitude can ensue. And it's the same thing when you're watching a movie, when you're you're going to church, when you're listening to a podcast, when you're making a podcast or making a film. And then I wanted to do a deep dive into Quentin, Quentin Tarantino because I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so much. So I started searching and I found this podcast. I'll leave the link to it in the show notes called Pure Cinema Podcast. And it's a pretty long conversation with all these film buffs and... Really, I even didn't know a lot of the references, but I was in the mood and I enjoyed it. And it shed some light on his film, which I really wanted to learn about. So if you're a film buff, you'll love it. If you're not, you might think it's too much. But I'm pulling out some excerpts here because they back up this idea I'm trying to get at, that things are never perfect and that there's a whole history of cinema and a history of the world that is full of examples of things that are not perfect. For example, almost never does the guy who's first offered the role or the girl who's first offered the role play it. Almost never in my industry. It's always, you know, a bunch of people passed and then so-and-so got it and became a star from it. The Italians want McQueen, but he won't work with them. And no matter what, he says no. Uh, No matter how many times they ask, Marlon Brando always says no. No matter how many times Warren Beatty always says no. But the Italians keep trying. Then they realize... It's not going to work. And then they settle. (laughs) They want Marlon Brando. They get Burt Reynolds. (laughs) They want Warren Beatty. They get George Hamilton. (laughs) That was happening to George Hamilton a lot. You know, it was like they go to Warren Beatty. All right, he'd think about it. He'd say no. And then they get George Hamilton. That app actually uh, happened for another Phil Carlson Western with uh, uh, Time for Killing with uh, uh, Glenn Ford. That's actually how Warren Beatty learned who Robert Town was because he was one of the writers on that script. So there you have it. Sounds a lot cooler when Tarantino describes it. By the way, we end the episode with a great quote from George Hamilton from Evil Knievel. So you'll know who Tarantino was referring to. But his phrasing is just so great. It makes me want to share this next quote of his, which I loved. So just before I was talking about people making suggestions for the podcast or really anything in life, it's like when early on in my career, people from back home would say, you know what you should do? And I'd be like, "Uh, what's that? And they'd say, you should be a lead, like in a big film, you know, not like those little indie films that you've been doing, like a real one that we could see in a multiplex. And I'd just be like, um, okay, yeah, great, great. I'd never thought of that. I, uh, I appreciate the suggestion. So Tarantino, in this quote, he just puts it in such a great way. He's talking about the difficulties of scheduling a calendar of films for his art house theater, the New Beverly Theater in LA. Actually, that's what that whole podcast is about. It's the people who run that theater with him. Now, where they only show actual film, not digital copies. So tracking down original prints can sometimes be a challenge. When these guys come to me with something, I go, don't give me a wish list. Give me something, give me a bridge that's built with steel, all right? And then we wish we can 
also do this, but I need a bridge we can drive across the river. I think that may be my new favorite quote. Don't give me a wish list. Give me a bridge that's built with steel. Okay, this next little quote, I don't know if it fits this episode exactly, but it stood out to me and I want to share it. I'll explain why after you hear it. Basically, he's discussing some great performances by actors you don't know. Here's the clip. I really like it in these exploitation movies where a guy comes up to play the, the psycho or the villain, and it's a guy you don't know who he is, and you just so often see these amateur actors yeah. flop at it. And when a guy pulls it off, and you're like, whoa, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. All right? That guy's sort of like that in, in Hollywood Man, the guy who plays the killer in Bare Knuckles. The serial killer in bare knuckles. He's fantastic. And this guy kind of sits in that group of like, whoa, who the hell is this dude, man? He's really doing a good job. So the reason I gave you that one is that along with all the nitpicking we can do when things aren't up to snuff, I also wanted to point out that there are plenty of people in every industry, really, who do a great job and it gets overlooked. That's life. Again, that's the imperfection of it. And you got to deal Why does one actor become a star and another one languishes, only to be praised years later by one of the greatest directors in Hollywood? I don't know. No one really knows. Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it wasn't their destiny. Is it fair? No. But life's not fair. But I think hearing stories like this and studying history allows it to not deflate you when you're the one whose great work gets overlooked. Okay, Before I let you go, I want to talk about passion projects and giving yourself the space and the opportunity to do your thing, whatever that might be. As I think about this episode in particular and how it came about, and also this show in general, what's so cool about this and why I want to suggest it to you if you don't already have something like this up and running for you. I don't mean a podcast. I just mean something that you care about that brings you joy is that just having this thing that I have now, this infrastructure called a podcast It has me in the back of my mind going through my days with some part of my brain, maybe subconsciously, sifting through all of my interactions and experiences with the thought in the back of my mind, huh, does this relate to 10,000 no's? And so it helps me think in a way and act in a way that things don't just fall by the wayside the way they used to. I've created a net in which I can catch these ideas or thoughts that I have. They, they used to just come and go. And now I can pour them, all these ideas and thoughts, into an episode. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's something. And from the growing number of listeners and the feedback I get, I know it's not all bad. So I'm suggesting to you that if you feel like you're aimless right now or you feel like you don't have anything that you care about, give yourself some project. It doesn't necessarily have to involve others like this does. You might just want to plant a garden or take up sewing. I don't know. But I do know that it'll do more for you than you realize. And I also know that if you've been holding back from doing something like this, but it's it's been gnawing at you, you're probably overcomplicating it. So just simplify it. Take baby steps, do one thing toward it. It'll either feel terrible and you can stop and it'll stop gnawing at you, or it'll feel good and you'll want to do more and you'll get better and you'll realize it's nowhere near as challenging as you think it is right now in your mind. The other thing is this. I know some of you are high achievers and you're already killing it in your respective fields. So you're thinking, I got this, take it easy, Del Negro, shut up. But And only you know the answer to this. Some of you, even those of you at the top of your game, are still searching for something more, something else. And there's no law against doing something just for fun, just for the joy. And if you think you're above the law on this one, too much of a rock star to listen to me, just listen to what this woman says about Quentin Tarantino, who is definitely a rock star of Hollywood directors, totally at the peak of his talent and career. And yet, 
he somehow still finds the time to program the calendar at the New Beverly Theater, which he owns. I want to say one thing for everybody out at home, and, and a lot of people like to follow along with their calendars that are out of the country or can't get to the New Beverly. I just want to make sure everybody knows that Quentin programs pretty much every month, like everything on there. And what I was really impressed with, you're making a movie, and I know that movie is your baby. You programmed every month, even when you were in production, working 12 and 14 hour days. It's like, I'm, I'm ready for the calendar. You're like, well, I got it. <laughs> Come to set. Yeah. I'm like, okay, and trot off to set. Well, and I'm like, that's well, fucking hard. Well, I love doing. <laughs> look, I love doing the. I love doing the calendar. I love it when I can do it quick enough that you can actually find some of these cool. things. You know, yeah. um, but also, uh, uh, you know, it was. Uh, it's a. It, it, what? It's just fun for me. It's relaxing for me. I enjoy it. I like uh, playing around with about. Four different four different calendars until I finally n- narrow it down, you know. And uh, uh, but it's also it, it was it, it's it was a well making my movie was a nice thing to it was a nice thing that I had to do. All right, that took my mind off the movie, but it's still on movies. Two gems in that quote. Sorry about the f bomb. One before you say I wish I was as lucky as Quentin Tarantino. Ask yourself if you're working as hard as Quentin Tarantino. This conversation was him and three pretty extreme film buffs, and they all admitted after he left just how in awe they were of his passion for film and his encyclopedic mind. Honestly, it's next level. Two, look at his answer as to why he still does the programming, even when he's knee-deep in a huge film. The joy. He loves it. It relaxes him. It takes his mind off his number one, but it's still in the same realm as his number one. Very simple. So find that pursuit that lights you up, that ties everything together and pulls you together. And sometimes you won't want to do it. Sometimes this show feels like a ton of unwanted work for me, but ultimately I think it'll bring you some kind of joy and fulfillment. And I think it's worth it. And I hate to bring up the hats and t-shirts we're now selling at 10,000nose.com, but I think it's important, especially for all of you artists out there that have a tough time monetizing your passion projects. Trust me, I am right there with you. So My entrepreneur friends, many of whom I met through this show, said to me, dude, you need to sell something. People are listening to your podcast. People follow you on social media. They like your message. They like you. They want to buy from you. They want to help you, but you're not offering anything for them to buy. So there's no way for them to help you. And it took a lot of convincing because apparently I'm as dumb as a rock when it comes to setting up any kind of money-making infrastructure. But lo and behold, I created this apparel line. That's in quotes, apparel. It's t-shirts and hats. It's not rocket science. And now magically people are buying things because I've brought value to them apparently and through this platform and they're generously choosing to give back. And now there's a place for them to do that. So if you're like me, most artists happen to be this way. Don't think of it like you're selling something because that makes you feel dirty. Instead, just think of it the way I described the podcast earlier on. The podcast is a net in which I can catch all these ideas and random thoughts I have about perseverance. And the 10,000 No's store is a net in which I can catch dollar bills that really just go back toward funding the show in the first place. It may or may not make a million bucks someday, but it can at least sustain this passion project, a passion project that is not, by the way, and will never be perfect. The mass has ended. You may go in peace. All right. 
I'm leaving you with one last awesome pull from a movie. This also came from that same podcast I've been pulling from. Again, that link is in the show notes if you want to check it out. I just want to give them some love because I'm taking all of their sound bites, but I, so I want to push you toward them. This quote is from Evil Knievel, made in 1971, written by John Milius. I'll put his IMDb page link in the show notes as well, so you can see that this dude has written everything. Amazingly prolific with incredible movies, and the actor playing Evil is... George Hamilton, that's also going to be in the links, whom you heard Quentin referencing in an earlier quote. I'm including it because it basically sums up everything we talk about here, overcoming fear, and it'll light a fire under your ass to get you to go tackle that passion project you've been putting off. Here it is. If it is possible, it is done. If it is impossible, it will be done. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I live by. The only thing that can get in my way is fear, and fear is not a word in my vocabulary. I have not and never will know what that word means. Now, there's no trick to jumping a motorcycle over 19 cars and a couple of trucks. You just uh, hit the ramp at 80 or better, you sail up in the air, you take those bars in your hands, and you will that bike across, and you land smooth and pretty because that's what you said you'd do. And a man, well, a man does not go back on his word. Because it is part of the tradition and heritage of this country that the words fear and impossible do not exist. I wish to once more say that you have no idea how good it makes me feel to be here. It is truly an honor. All right, that's it. Show's over. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next Friday. Follow me on social media for news and promo videos of upcoming shows. Subscribe to 10,000 Knows wherever you listen to get these episodes downloaded to your device every week. Leave a review. Tell people about the show. We appreciate all of it. Have a great week and buy some hats and T-shirts. It is Black Friday after all. See how I did that? Holiday season, biggest shopping day of the year. Come on, 10,000knows.com slash store. Hats and T-shirts, folks. Hats and T-shirts. Don't make me hunt you down. 